Hey friends, it's Rye Myers, your Broadway and entertainment BFF. And thanks again for watching uh, another episode of Live with Rye the podcast or for tuning in and listening to Live with Rye the podcast if you're tuning in on one of the many podcast platforms. Again, you can find Live with Rye the podcast wherever you get your podcast. As always, as they say, leave a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts and on Spotify. I'm still learning how you say these things. It's like this podcast lingo. It's So leave a review on Spotify, five-star review, and a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, and leave a positive review. As I said, if you don't have anything nice to say, don't leave a review, five-star reviews only. Uh, I'm so excited to talk with today's guests. We, uh, it's been a it's been a great day of talking with some incredible guests, and I'm happy to welcome back the incredible Drew Larrymore, and this time, Billy Reese. They are working on incredible projects. So please help me welcome the incredible Drew Larrymore, and Billy Reese. Hello. Oh, hello. Hey, what's up? What's up? What's up? Not not too much, you know. Just just enjoying this beautiful day. Happy to see both of you. You, you as, well. as well. Thank you so much for having us. Well, wow. thank you so much for for doing this. You know, um, it, it's it's so nice to get to connect with you with you guys. Um, you know, you both recently are are currently are working on. Um, the bestest office Christmas party ever, which I had the ability to sit in on, sit in on and listen to a reading. Um, so why don't you all tell me a little bit about that? I know, Drew, you've been uh, really proud about that. It was such an exciting concept and you had a great uh, you know, team during that reading. But tell me sort of about that and how that got started. And um, you know, I know you did some stuff virtually with that. So tell me a little bit about it. Yeah, it's a uh, irreverent, tongue-in-cheek, you know, anti-Christmas Christmas show. And uh, I think the inspiration for this was to um, capitalize and you know, sort of, you know, amplify the uh, insanity of the holidays. And uh, I think during the holiday season, we have a lot of conventional, traditional offerings that uh, people go to see, whether it's a Christmas Carol, the Nutcracker, et cetera, et cetera, you know, the whole rollout. But I wanted to create something that was uh, irreverent body that poked fun at the holidays that, um, you know, sort of uh, showed the other side of things. So this has been something I've been wanting to do for a while. And I was very lucky to connect with Billy, um, whose sensibility is perfect for the show. And uh, we've had a really great couple of years, you know, during COVID developing this virtually through New York Theater Barn and, and other venues. And, um, you know, we're excited this year for the holiday season to release uh, an EP of some of the more prominent numbers with uh, a great Broadway, you know, cast. So uh, it's an exciting year for this. And, uh, you know, it's it's been super fun working on this with Billy. We share a sense of humor that I think is very important for this piece. Hmm. A yeah, it really is. A, it's, it's a piece unlike any sort of Christmas musical that I've seen. It is certainly not your average Christmas carol. You know, there is a role for Sir Patrick Stewart in it, but um, I don't think... <laughs> Um, but yeah, it's, it's just been such a, such a, a holly jolly treat working on it with Drew. <laughs> I love that. I love that. And, and it's, it's been very exciting. And so there are, is there, there's next steps for it, um, for this holiday season? We, we are, we, we can't quite announce it yet, but we are releasing, you know, an EP with some really exciting Broadway singers, uh, later this year. So that'll be floating around and, uh, and we're, we're very excited. We're in the trenches of figuring it out now, but, uh, we'll, we'll be announcing Wonderful. that soon. 
Well, wonderful. Well, that was that was my big excitement. And so I didn't mean to lead right in with that, but I want to take a step back for a second. And uh, Billy, you start with you. For those who may not know, tell, tell us a little bit about you and what you do as a composer uh, and a singer. Um, I wanted, I was so excited about the bestest office Christmas party ever. I wanted to start with that, but tell us a little bit about you for my listeners who may not know. Of course, of course. Um, yeah, so I'm a, a composer, lyricist, you know, singer, songwriter for the theater. Um, I um, am really inspired by sort of uh, quirky, offbeat stories that might um, from the get-go sound like bad ideas for musicals, and then you prove them wrong during the show. Um, and uh, and yeah, you know, I, uh, I've been writing since uh, I was uh, writing musicals since I was a kid. I would, you know, be uh, focusing on um, writing my little shows in my spiral-bound notebooks during math class in fifth grade instead of paying attention, which is why I'm awful at math. Um, but um, <laughs> but yeah, but I uh, I went to uh, Fordham University to study playwriting um, at Lincoln Center, um, and it was a great program where they gave us you know three full shows. So I got to sort of find my core group of people. Um, it was not a musical theater program whatsoever, but it was a program with uh, a couple performers who were interested in musical theater and who could sort of carry a tune. Um, so I sort of found my tribe of Glynis Johns and sort of um, put them to work, you know, developing shows around them. And at the same time, I was able to sort of um, go outside of school and sort of make my connections and meet, you know, exciting, fresh collaborators um, who uh, were like-minded and interested in um, writing musicals um, the way that I was. Um, uh, the certain kinds of musicals that I was. And um, Drew and I were connected um, because of this project. Um, he had a, a great sort of play version of the show um, that did not have any songs, but he was thinking about turning it into a musical. And, um, you know, so so we all sort of gathered for a, a table reading of this piece um, without the songs. And I saw it immediately. I saw the potential for what these characters sounded like and how sort of music operated in this world and sort of um, how we might be able to, to uh, play with the tropes of Christmas music while sort of turning it on its head um, and commenting on it. And I, I'm, a, I'm a really genre-based writer um, in the sense that I really like sort of, you know, playing with genre and understanding how um, the pop culture that we consume sort of shapes us as a society you know, on both a macro and a micro level um, from, you know, both the, the, the personal and the private um, elements of our lives. Um, and I think this is sort of the perfect um, lane to experiment that in, in terms of the genre of Christmas music. Um, so yeah, roping it back to that. Amazing, amazing. How'd I do, Drew? Was our <laughs> orchestra as you recall it? <laughs> Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Only, only a few, uh, a few pieces of, you know, fiction, but uh, that's great. Right. <laughs> right, right. Well, we did do the read in the basement of the Eagle, right? Wasn't that, uh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, what, a, yeah. What, what a place to do a table read. It was cheap. It was cheap. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it was. And, and, I, yeah. and everyone was paying attention. So yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> listen, I, you, you listen, we need a cheap space and we'll anywhere we can get cheap space for our right. And you get a discount with the dramatist guild, so it's you know, <laughs> hey, yeah. before you know it, tomorrow the Eagle will be sponsoring uh, all of Broadway's <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. I think That's they funny. do in their own special way, you know, but yeah, oh yeah. god. <laughs> 
I got yeah. I got to laugh. I I have to say this and Drew, you'll laugh. So you talk about the eagle. I was I was texting. I was messaging Drew the links. I said here are the I said here are the links. But you know the typo. I said here are the the the. What was I said oh here are the her, here are the kinks. And he's like, what kind of interview is this? I'm like, no no no, the links. I'm like a typo came out as kinky links. I was like, no, here are the links. So it's funny that you would actually say that. He's like, what kind of interview is this? I'm like, no. I'm like, I meant links. Darn. Auto tech, so it's well. Pink is getting interviewed, so <laughs> uh, really oh, love it, love it. Uh, and for those of you listening, you probably have also, uh, if you've just listened to my last interview with Jay O'Connor Navarro, you heard from Drew as well. But Drew, again, for those who may not have heard, tell us a little bit about you and what you do. I love hearing you talk about yourself, so say it again. I'll say it again. Um, thank you. I, uh, I'm a playwright screenwriter and um, I'm um, working on a series of, of different projects right now. I think in our last uh, interview, I was talking about the trilogy of uh, Southern plays that I'm working on. It's three different plays taking place in three different parts of the South, dealing with three different uh, Southern matriarchs struggling with change. So it's a huge project I'm working on now, writing for specific uh, actresses. I'm from Kentucky, so that's sort of where mm -hmm. the inspiration is also partially from. And uh, I'm headed to Arkansas next month on a writing retreat to to work on the third installment. So that's kind of where, where my head is right now. Um, in terms of musicals, I was sort of out of the loop for a while and just more focused on, you know, screenwriting and playwriting and then, uh, connected with with Jay, uh, you know, that we talked about in our last interview about the new Peggy. And so this is, um, you know, a second piece that I've been working on for a couple of years now with Billy. And, uh, you know, it, it falls into the vein of the musicals that I'm interested in writing, irreverent, um, kind of tongue in cheek, and uh, poking fun at, um, at, at things that maybe we haven't seen on on stage yet playing around with structure. So uh, this totally lines up with that. And I was, uh, again, so happy to connect with with Billy who understood that and also wants to accomplish the same things, you know, with, with his right. own work. So um, uh, it was interesting. It took me a while to find a, a composer for this piece. It's something that's oh, been wow. floating around in my head for a while. So I was really, really excited when Billy and I connected and it just felt really right. And uh, for anyone that hears the music um, or that will hear our EP later this year, you'll it really runs the gamut. And I think he does an amazing job at incorporating some of those, um, you know, holiday jingles and Christmas tropes in, in, in a ridiculous situation, which is basically an office Christmas party that goes awry. And, um, and they all have existential breakdowns. So, uh, so yeah, we're super excited and hopefully it paves the way for more. And how did both of you get in con uh, you know, meet? How did your sort of orbits collide? Well, the Eagle. And uh, <laughs> no, Bear Knight. no, um, I was sort of set up with Billy as a collaborator through through a through a mutual friend that said this is totally his sensibility. And I and I knew that Billy was right for it when I heard that. What was that musical you wrote, Billy, about the uh, event uh, event tele evangelist woman? Oh, uh, yeah, the 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 Charlatans, which was um, a musical about Jan Crouch, who is sort of the poor man's Tammy Faye Baker. Um, she was actually, her character was not in the biopic that recently came out, um, but they were big competitors back in the 80s. And I'm obsessed with televangelism from that era. And the, <laughs> the not, you know, not that I subscribe to it, but, um, but just the, the, the culture of it, I think is so fascinating. Um, it is theater. And, I mean, it's yeah, straight it theater. theater. 
and, and the music is fabulous. I mean, that it, it's the, the showmanship of it is is so eye catching. Um, and yeah, so I so I wrote a musical about uh, this you know family of, of televangelists, the Crouch family, um, and sort of their their fall from grace um, in the '90s. Um, and it is the first musical that I got a cease and desist for. Thank you very much. Um, <laughs> oh they were God. all dead, but their estate lives on and finds out about musicals through Google Alerts. Um, so oh. we did have to change um, the names of the characters four days before we opened, um, which was awesome. What more can you ask for as a 20-year-old? It was it was wonderful. I have that season assist framed. I hope it's not the last. I hope we don't get one for this show. But I, I think the show is pretty interesting. But, you know, yeah. Was it from was it from the estate of Tammy Faye Baker? Did from, you say not from Tammy Faye, from Jan Crouch. Yeah, the, the oh, you know Crouch. actual oh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, it was awesome. It was uh, I mean, not at the time, but you know, well, right. looking back, wow. you know, we we told the cast like everybody had to make their social media private and everything because we don't want any like crazy oh, religious zealots, you know, coming gosh. after us, blah blah blah, and you know, no posting about the show. Like it became this like hush hush like basement theater sort of thing. It was really. It was, it was, it was. It's the epitome of underground theater and experimental. Really, exactly, exactly. It really was. Um, But yeah, I can, I can absolutely see how, um, how uh, our, our sensibilities lined up on that piece specifically, Drew. Um, Because it was a piece just sort of about this like crazy aging matriarch, you know, who sort of um, makes these unapologetic decisions. and does not realize they might have been the wrong decisions until absolutely everything is, you know, has gone under. And I just love characters who are flawed and who, you know, um, even though they are flawed, they're not treated as villains. You know, they're treated as just imperfect people sort of uh, going about their lives and making this, the decisions that they need to continue moving. Um, so, yeah. Well, and she spirals in that piece. And I think that yeah. that also uh, is what all the characters do in their own way. And, and this, this particular musical we're working on together, um, they all sort of spiral with the end of year holiday pressures and, um, and reflections that we all experience. And, and so I was like, he gets it. And, uh, and so I think that's, that's sort of... Um, but we've been developing it for a while, I must say. And, you know, during COVID, we, we did a lot of digital development, which uh, had its own challenges, but it did move move the, the structure of it forward. So mm-hmm. well, that's amazing. Well, that's wow. Uh, so what uh, you know, I asked this before, but Billy, I would love to know from you what how do both of you what is your collaboration style like, you know, and what is important for you as a collaborator in looking for another collaborator? Right. Like. Do you um, come up with the music first and send it to Drew, uh, vice versa? And what do you look for in a collaboration partner when you're working on projects? Yeah, I mean, so typically I write, you know, music and lyrics alone. Um, and for this, you know, we we co-wrote lyrics. Um, and, you know, I, I, I had no problem with that because we are sort of so like-minded and, you know, are sort of so, um, our, our goals for this piece are just sort of so the same. Um, and we're mm-hmm. always just sort of on the same page. Um, uh, process wise for this show specifically, uh, a lot of it stems from, you know, you know, obviously Drew had this first fabulous draft, um, and in this draft, uh, without songs, there were paragraphs about, you know, what might happen in this song, um, uh, the structure of the song sort of, you know, this first might do this, this first might do that, you know, and for a lot of them as well, Drew would write 
uh, monologues um, that the characters would, you know, say sort of stream of consciousness kind of thing. Um, and through those, that's sort of where I would find phrases or hooks or, or what have you, um, and sort of take that and go off and write the first draft and then sort of um, talk a little bit more about it from there. Um, but it really is all stuff, you know, the, the, the core um, uh, pillars of these songs are all sort of stemming out of Drew's minds and uh, Drew's mind and Drew's ideas um, for them. Um, and then I sort of, you know, add my little um, musical theater brain to it. The songs are really conceptual, you know, and I think uh, I think it took a lot of um, drafting them out. Uh, for example, one of the numbers that I think is a standout number that um, Billy just took and ran with is called Santa for Me. And it's this um, trio of, of female characters singing about uh, how they are um, distraught that the traditional Santa with the white beard and the, you know, the, you know, the jolly guy is not what they fantasize about. So they each go into their own fantasies of uh, a different kind of Santa, one who is maybe more um, of a conspiracy theorist or one that's more of a, a book nerd or, you know, one that's uh, more exotic. And um, and I think that that's what's powerful about this the show and also Billy's music is that a lot of the songs also can stand on their own two feet and exist um, in another world as well. They are so conceptual and fine tuned. So um, yeah, I mean, also when you're working on a, a project that's that's hopefully this funny and every reading we've had, people have laughed. We think it's funny. Um, <laughs> it's it's hilarious to sort of go back and forth with with some of this. Uh, with the music and the book and everything that we've been doing. I mean, it's it's very funny and, and you're laughing like a weirdo to yourself, but it's very um, motivating. And so I think that that's also what sets us apart is that um, there really isn't a page of dialogue or music that isn't uh, meant to be uh, funny. And so that made this particularly lighthearted. I know I write darker pieces, uh, particularly plays and um, stuff for the screen that are much darker. So I was always so relieved whenever it was time to kind of come back to this project because it was so light and funny and um, and just really a delight to, to sort of work on. So I think that that changes the project too when something is meant to be that comedic. Mm. Well, that's great. That's that's great. Uh, and now, Billy, and I'm curious because I see I see a banjo behind you and I see a chicken. And uh, do you play the banjo <laughs> or other instruments aside? I from do the not well, not well, but oh, okay. I do. My uh, primarily, I use the banjo every year. Me and my brother and my sister will record like a folksy little Christmas song for the holidays oh. and put it out on Christmas Eve. Um, actually, last year was the first time in like five years we didn't do one because we were so stressed out by it because we we're like the people are expecting it to be you know to get better every year. We don't know how to top ourselves. Um, so <laughs> uh, uh, this is the season of the year um, where I sort of retrain myself on the banjo. Um, so thank you for reminding me that I have to um, oh. learn how to play that again. Thank you. Oh, the well, chicken. Yeah, the chicken doesn't do anything. <laughs> You're welcome. My, oh, yeah, exactly. my, my pleasure. Happy, happy to remind you about it. Um, so, are you, are you, are you both currently working on anything else together? Is the bestest office Christmas party sort of the the focus at the mind? I mean, I know there's always things in the works, but I want to make sure I also don't miss anything either. If there's things that you're starting to work on that you I want to talk about as well. Uh, I'm ghostwriting Drew's memoir. Um, that's been fun. Um, yeah. And what will that be titled, Drew? What would that be titled, your memoirs? 
Uh, women on the verge of a nervous breakdown, but uh... <laughs> I smell another cease and desist, baby. <laughs> <laughs> no, I hope so. I mean, I, I hope this paves the way for some some other musicals in this vein that we work on together, whether they're reviews or or book musicals. And uh, you know, I love working with Billy, so uh, we'll see. Maybe there's a world where you know there's a, a a series of irreverent holiday musicals that we can we can release you know down the line so fingers crossed we're so focused on this right now though especially with the holidays coming up it's like you kind of have to have to move at the right time for this so uh it's kind of hard to see anything else but hopefully yeah oh that's so exciting well as what as we finish up here what advice would you give to uh up and coming um songwriters and collaborators uh as they sort of progress into their skin and into their sort of careers what would be the best advice that you've learned that you would want to pass on mm. billy we'll start with you yeah oh golly gosh it's so <laughs> it's it's so interesting to be asked um for advice for young writers because i still consider myself a young writer um after after one concert i did this is a brief tangent i did a concert um a couple years ago i guess it was last year so I'm 24 now, so I was 23 last year. Um, and this like kid came up to me afterwards and was like, I love this show so much, you know, can we like go get coffee? I just really like to like sit down with older writers and ask for advice. And I was like, <laughs> oh my God, it's happened. It's happened. Oh, I'm ancient. Thank God, my Norma Desmond is showing. Um, uh, no, I, I would say, I would say, honestly, say yes to everything. And, you know, see sort of where the wind takes you. Obviously, if, you know, if, if it is a project that you can remotely see yourself doing and doing a good job with and adding to the piece, say yes to it. Um, and, uh, and never be the smartest person in the room, always be a good collaborator and, you yes. know, um, be willing to add your voice, but, you know, always let somebody else be smarter than you in the room and, and listen to them. Um, cause that's how you become a better writer, you know? Um, and, 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 and take comfort in the fact that it takes time, you know, yes. um, Joan Rivers will always say that stand-up comics don't develop their voices in full, uh, uh, for seven years. That's about how long it takes for a stand-up comic to find out exactly who they are. And I think it's pretty similar for musical theater writers. Um, you know, I look back now at the stuff that I was writing seven years ago and I was like, oh, I see, you know, where that was leading me on my trajectory, you know, uh, and where that was leading me, you know, in terms of what my voice is. Um, and the stuff I do now is I'm, I, you know, I'm like, oh my God, it's so much better. But like, it is like a refined version of like what the theses, uh, I, I've always been sort of working um, on the same theses and just sort of fine tuning that. Um, so yeah, just taking comfort in, in, in the length of time it takes to, to do that. Um, yeah, anyway. Andrew? Yeah, I, I said this on the last podcast that, you know, I you have to really like the project you're working on as somebody that's sort of back into musicals again after taking a break for a while. I, I, I forgot that it takes, um, I would say it takes 10 years just to sort of get a show up and going. You have to really like it. You have to like your collaborator. Mm -hmm. I think... Um, for me, I, you know, I, I do a lot of the stuff I do, I, I conceive um, from the sort of early stages too. So to not be precious about it, to respect another person in the room, to uh, throw it to them and see what it can it can turn into. You know, I think especially with a, a comedic piece, that's a lot of fun because there are there's humor and things that you can't even uh, find out on your own until you're working with somebody else. So so allow it to grow and develop, and and don't be 
don't be precious about it. And I am not a, a music person and I don't read music or play music. So um, I think to also remain in awe of, of the magic that is um, what I think is the most creative thing is when something is musicalized. It's just, it is the coolest thing to me. And I, and I will stop working on musicals when that stops being cool, but I don't think that will be the case. I love that. And I, I love it. Well, where can we keep up with both of you on social media? Um, God, I hate social media, but you can definitely check out my website, uh, drewlaramore.com. But don't expect much from me on social media. It's mostly pictures of puppies. <laughs> well, then, and, then website it is. <laughs> and y'all can y'all can find me at billyreesey.com um, and just Billy Reesey. I think I'm the Billy Reesey on Instagram, but Billy Reesey everywhere else. Um, and uh, yeah, it's mostly pictures of me at the Eagle. So, <laughs> and if if you all like that sort of thing, you're gonna love those uh, that yeah. picture, those mm. those posts. All right, so keep up with Billy and Drew. Uh, Billy Drew, thank you so much for um, doing this. It was so great to talk with you. What a blast! What a hoot! A great way to start a Friday. Thanks for having thank us. Ryan. A lot of fun. Great. Thank you. Hi, friend. It's Rye Myers, your Broadway and entertainment BFF. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Live with Rye, the podcast. I hope you got value out of it. Hey, do me a big favor. Download this episode and make sure you subscribe to this podcast and also leave me a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. The more five-star ratings and review that I have, the better this podcast does. So I need your help and support. So make sure you leave that five-star rating and review wherever you get your podcast. And hey, if you want to watch this episode or all my other podcast episodes in video form, you can click the link in the show notes to go to my YouTube channel where you can see all of these episodes in video form. It's really, really cool. So make sure you head over there to watch this in full video form as well. Well, thank you so much for watching and I will see you next Thursday for another episode of Live with Rye the Podcast. Make sure you keep it locked here for all episodes of Live with Rye the Podcast. Thanks so much and have a great night.